is forever pouring out on us. And so as we come to worship him, uh, we want to take a moment of time to forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for being God all by yourself. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love shown towards us. Now, God, as we gather together, Lord, we are desperate to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, that you shall be pleased. So, Father, reveal to us our hidden faults so that they may not have mastery over us, O oh God. Forgive us, Lord, for our willful sins. And forgive us, Lord, for times of rebelliousness. And, Father, we surrender now. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and that you are willing and that you are able to forgive us, Lord, of all our sins and cleanse us through the blood of Jesus. And for that, we say thank you, God, uh, for your grace and your mercy. Now, bless us as we prepare to worship you and, and glorify your name in the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts. Be accepted, Lord, in thy sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And those who are joining us online, those who are able to make it us here today, we encourage you to worship and close with our, little, our God together a little something like this. We want to tell you that Jesus in me, Jesus in you, Jesus in me, Jesus in you, so Thank you. 
through the living word, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, as we open up our hearts to receive a word from you, uh, may we read your word that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 New Living Translation reads this way, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 to verse 23. Uh, God's purpose was that Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. 
And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the places of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, any or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Praise God uh, for his word. Let's continue to worship our God through song. Amen. Because of you, my calling days are 
so much. Yes. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Oh God, thank you. For how great is your love towards us. We thank you, God. Now, Lord, because of how much you love us, we know what love is. Help us, Lord, now in this preaching moment uh, that we draw closer to thee, that we walk in right relationship with you, uh, that you will convict us, transform us, and change us as needed, that we might show how we love you by how we live. Oh, Father, thank you for one more opportunity by your grace and your mercy. And we say, Lord, guide us further into your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Yes. Amen. 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 Lord, I love you. Yes, I do. Lord, I love you. Yes, I do. Think about his love for us. Think about how we respond because of that love. We respond to that love by showing our love back to him in obedience. One thing about in our lives we often want to do is see success in our lives. And one way we show we have success in our lives is by doing the right thing. And we know what is right because God teaches us what is right. I want to encourage us as we are continue on this new year and many of us are planning to do more in 24 and do better uh, this year. That one thing I want to encourage you that you can't get it done without Jesus. As you're planning your goals and you're looking to do these new tasks and see this new production uh, in your life, my question for you is that have you included Jesus in these plans? And when you include Jesus, that he cannot be a byline, he cannot be the footnote, but he has to be the head, and he has to be the lead, and he has to be the goal involved. When we lose focus of who Jesus is, then we also lose focus of who we are. Because we were created for his glory. We know with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So I go back again. What's your goal? Because with God, it's possible. But without God, come on, someone. Let's not be distracted. Let us not lose focus on chasing what is vanity. Uh, You know what will not last. Vanity also impacts what is emptiness. I'm sorry, it means what is empty and what is lacking. We don't want to be reach something that is lacking substance and that it does not meet our fulfillment because we achieved it on our own and not with God. We need to follow the Lord in this journey in our lives and find out that while we are in this journey with God, catch this, God will empower us, he will support us, and he will prepare us to have great success. As we look in our text today in Ephesians, uh, I'm going to highlight verse 11 right now. It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. I want to highlight this, that 
God works out everything according to his plan. Goes back again that if God's not involved in your plan, there's no guarantee that it's going to work out. You got a plan, but you don't know if the plan is going to work out. You you got a uh, you want to make sure it works out. You put yourself in position for it to work out. But when you are with God, it says the plan will work out. Mm. My my encouragement for us is that your prayer this year, uh, your prayer this year is that you will know the hope and the riches of God's calling in your life. That's the subject matter we're going to deal with, the prayer to know the hope and the riches of God's calling in your life. As we look in our text, that Ephesians is written to the church in Ephesus, which is a great city in the Roman province of Asia. It is a poor city, it's a big city, and it has received great opulence and growth because of its great position in the sea. Paul had had a successful trip within this city. We can find this in Acts 18 to the 19th chapter. Acts 19 verse 8 says, Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. So we see Paul has developed a relationship with many of the people there in Ephesus at this time. Paul's relationship leads him to write this letter, possibly one of the, we believe to be this part of the prison epistles that Paul wrote uh, while he was in prison in Rome. The prison epistles also include Colossians, Philemon, and Philippians as well. Therefore, this letter comes with great authority and connect and, and, encourage, and has a, uh, the ability to encourage the people, not only because of his relationship, but also because of his position as an apostle called by God to preach to the Gentiles. And so we will focus on this letter that he has his prayer towards them and this focuses in this prayer in the subject matter for our morning message. I read to us early in our time of worship, verses 12 to verse 23, but now I'm going to pick up in that prayer part at verse 18 to 23 as we prepare for our priest message. The word of God reads this way. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious heritage. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the what? Church. The church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Praise God uh, for his word. You may be seated and encourage us to grow in the knowledge of the power and the purpose of God in your life. That's that's, that I encourage that to make that part of your prayer this year. Uh, make this your part of your daily prayer. That you will know more about God and grow, 
grow closer to God and that you will achieve everything that God has for you because you are walking according to his purpose and his plan and you are moving in his power. So reach your goals this new year with Christ and experience God's power moving in your life with precision and purpose. Do you know who you are? I go back again that you were created for his glory. Knowing that you are his possession and you are blessed with the possession of the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 13 of, in the first chapter of Ephesians says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. Anybody here glad that Jesus saves? And when you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Uh, Paul is, is speaking to this church, and I know they understand what he's saying, because what happened is that when Paul was there in Ephesus, he met some disciples saying that they have known to come to know Jesus, but he asked them, have they received the Holy Spirit? And they asked, they, they responded, we were baptized in John's baptism, the baptism of repentance of sin. But then he encouraged them to say, now that Jesus has come, that you should be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and the power of the resurrection. And he did that, and then they, he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they understand the power, they understand the influence, they understand the efficacy of the Spirit moving within the church, the body of Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm the church. Because the church is made up of us. We are oftentimes ministered to and act as if we're individuals, but yet we are individuals, but individually we come together. For example, you all, you all have a hand, but on your hand you have digits. And you don't, you don't, you don't discount those digits when you count your hand. It makes up your hand. It makes up your body. Oftentimes, we discount ourselves as if we want to be dismembered and removed, but yet when we are in need of help, what do we do? We call the body. Am I helping somebody? And so we need to remind ourselves that I am not by myself, but I am a part of the body, and there is power when we come together. The power of the Spirit leads us to know this good news that Jesus saves us. Paul's reference to them is, is reminding them the power of coming together with better understanding. When we know better, we can do better. We see people walking around like they own the place and like they feel comfortable. Have you been around some people when they, they walk around and they, like they own the place and they feel confident because they feel confident? That's one thing the Holy Spirit does for us. It helps us to walk around and know that I own the place. I have a few more witnesses here. That when we know that I am God's child... And that I am his inheritance, my outlook looks different. I feel a little bit better. I remember how when I'm walking around in my school and once I knew all the hallways, I knew all the teachers, I walked around different than everybody. I'm not lost. I know exactly where I'm going. I, I, I feel comfortable knowing where I am. But I remember when I first got to school, I was intimidated. I didn't know where my classes were. I didn't know where to go. I was scared to be tardy. I was scared to be late. But once I learned the place, I take my time. Talk to all my friends. I feel good. I, I, I'm not, I'm going to make it all the time. I, I got it made. And this is the thing I want you to understand, that when you know you've been called by God and he's going to work out his plan in your life, you walk differently, you talk differently, you act differently, because you know that God has it all under control. Do you know what God has for you? When you know what God has for you, you want to get everything that God has for you. <laughs> Tell you now, I'm going to get all of it. <laughs> know what the Lord has for you. Seek to gain everything he has for you. 
how do we do that? Well, we got to seek for what is good. And to seek for what is good, I got to know what is good, and I got to know his word. So every day, I, I encourage us that this should be our daily prayer life. Lord, open up the eyes of my heart that I might see you more clearly. And then after I have this part of my prayer life, I've got to have a daily time of being in his word. I need to read his word daily, seeking his wisdom. And then not only do I need to pray daily, I need to study daily, but also I need a daily fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we are the what? The body. We ought to work together. We ought to come together and search and know God's word together. And, and, and as I'm doing this, his word will start ministering to me and help me understand what it means to fear God, to revere God. Proverbs 1, it says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I don't want to be counted as a fool. I want to be counted as wise. So therefore, I'm going to fear God all by myself. And then as I fear God, then I want to make sure I'm following his instructions and his teachings. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, when Jesus was teaching us how to be obedient and be good disciples, it says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever Find it. Do you understand that? We got to look for the narrow way. People are going to point you to Broadway. They're going to point you the easy way. They're going to show you the shortcuts. But yet when we're following what God calls us to do, we know how to stand on his wisdom and stand on his purpose. And that we're going to say, God, I'm going to trust you. No matter how hard it is, how difficult it is, I'm going to trust you, God, that you will lead us to where you want us to be. Uh, the church. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the, the church of Ephesus, Ephesians. Uh, we find here that he wants to celebrate what God is doing in their life. The church of Ephesus had firsthand knowledge of God's power. They heard this gospel message and seen the power of God moving. Uh, this church of Ephesians is, is familiar that how Paul was passing around a handkerchief. And when he passed around a handkerchief, people were healed. What you say? That's what I said. He passed around a handkerchief and people were here. Now, I see some of you looking at me. Pastor, where can I find them? I'm glad you asked the question. If you, if you turn to your Bible, Acts, the 19th chapter, look at verses 11 and 12. It says, for God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases. And evil spirits were expelled. I, I, I want to highlight this for a moment, point out that Paul did not say, if you call this number, Paul did not say, if you give me this money, Paul did not say, my apron or my handkerchief costs you five ninety nine. It says that if it just simply touched him, they passed it around and people were healed. What I want to emphasize here is that Paul was not doing it for profit, but he was doing it for purpose. The purpose was for people to see the power of the kingdom of God. God blessed him with this great power that people were healed just from a piece of cloth touching him on his skin. more we know what God can do in our lives, the more opportunities we will be able to use that same power. 
that rose Christ from the grave in our lives. God is, wants us to move with purpose and in power. So I want to encourage us again that we want to make sure that we are know, we know who he is. Tell your neighbor, know who he is? And when I know who he is, I know who I am. Because if he's my father, then I must be his child. And if I'm, I'm his child, I got access to power. And power to do some things that I haven't been able to do before because I didn't have access to that power. I think about how many of us have mobile devices. And it's good as long as it got power. But as soon as it starts getting low, you got to realize I need some juice. I need to recharge. I need to connect it to somehow. Think about Cassis, Cassis, Cassis. So we have what? Portable chargers. We have a charger that stays at home, but they also have a charger to go with us so that no matter where I am, I got access to the power. Now, we think that's very revolutionary. That's very smart of us, that we know how to carry stuff with us. So we always stay connected. But God was already ahead of the game. He sent his son, said you can get the message firsthand. And then the son sent the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. So that every time you are moving, <laughs> you have connection to the power. So there might be some times in life you're going to be feeling low. Remind yourself, oh, I got power. Let me reconnect myself. Uh, let me spend some time in prayer. Let me spend some time in his word to revive myself or renew myself so that I can walk in his purpose and in his power. And so as I'm doing that, that's why I got to also pray to know the hope of this call. Because I know I got access to this power. I need to ask for the power. Mm. And Paul is praying this prayer for this church. The text also says to us that Paul does not cease to pray for them. Which highlights to us that Paul understood that I need to pray for my church. I need to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And notice that when he prays for the church, the, 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 we, we titled this, this letter to Ephesians, but yet this church was a circular, these letters were circular. It didn't just go to one location, it went around. And we would normally use this term as viral. Uh, when he put the message out, it went around. Y'all, y'all see what Paul said? And they passed it around and reading it to one another and going around because it was such a good message. That's why we have copies of it today, because it was that good. They say, hey, I want a copy of that. And, and so here it is that when we see this message got viral, that people are hearing this, they were encouraged and supporting them, saying, and Paul is pointing, I'm praying for the church, and the church is not a singular location, but universal. We are all part of the church. All who claim to be children of God are a part of his church. And so therefore, if we're part of the church, we ought to look like our dad. And so here it is, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. First, I want to highlight here the eyes is pointing out kind of the seat of enlightenment, the seat of understanding and moral reasoning. Figuratively speaking, to see means to understand or to recognize or to consider what is good and what is honorable in the word of God. The conscience of this eye is pointing out that this eye represents that it's you as what you let come into your life. When you let this come into your life, that means you are you, you are feeling some sense of entitlement and some kind of connection to what you allow to come into. And so when you turn your attention to something, when you look at something, that means I'm giving you permission. Y'all with, y'all with me? I'm giving you permission to enter into my emotions. The thing about this, that when we look at stuff, we, elite, we get emotions from that. When you look at a picture of a family or a loved one, 
how oftentimes you want to feel that emotion, so you pull out that picture. And, that, and that's why we get caught up on rabbit holes when you get on the internet. They give you one video, and at least one emotion, I like that feeling. And you find another video, just like that one. And they say, you know, you get to a video that you don't like because they misread your algorithm, because everything keeps on changing the content and the context. But yeah, next thing you know, you look up, 20 minutes gone. Oh man, I didn't know I was down there this long. It's amazing how we allow our eyes to leave. So therefore, we need God to say, Lord, let me sometimes close my eyes. Let me shut off everything that I'm looking at and focus on you. And then Cassius, Cassius, you don't need your eyes to see. Y'all understand that? Because I bet you if you close your eyes, you can imagine something. You've seen the picture already. And you're describing it on your own. And if I, if I mention the word rainbow, you have a picture of a rainbow in your head already. I don't know where that rainbow is. I saw a rainbow on my way here to church this morning. And, and so in the process that we seen different rainbows, we see different pictures, but yet that imagery comes to your brain. What's the image of God you have? And that's your image. And that image impacts how you walk. So, so for us to have a better understanding, a better description of who our God is, we've got to spend some time in his word. That he is over the eyes of our hearts, that we might see him more clearly. When I see him more clearly, I see myself more clearly. That I understand who I am and whose I am, and I'm going to walk in obedience according to his will. I'm going to give glory and honor to my God. So i got to focus on these three subjects in this prayer, that my heart may be enlightened. Y'all see that there? I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given. So once I have opened myself up uh, to receive his wisdom, his understanding, and to be enlightened, uh, to be educated, now i got to apply this. And notice in verse 18 uh, of Ephesians chapter 1, we have these three focused subject matters. The first focus we're going to talk about is my heart to be flooded with light. Again, light points out salvation. Jesus is the light of the world. The word became flesh, and the word is the light of the world. And so the word enlightens us. How much more we need to be in God's word to be enlightened. And so that we can receive the light, because God is light. You need more evidence about God is light? Just go and look at Revelation. It says there'll be no need for a sun and a moon, but we know to be light and artificial light. You know, the moon is not light. It reflects light. But yet it gives us light at night. But yet we won't need any light in Revelation because God will be all the light we need. When we understand the, the word and apply it to our hearts, check, check this out. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light. Am I salvation? Whom shall I fear? And so when I allow God to be light in my life, I have no fear because I know I'm saved. But what am I saved from? I'm saved from death. Again, we live a life that we want to live our best life, but our best life here is really not going to be our best life. You're still going to die. But in heaven, you're going to have a new life. Come on, somebody. And in and, and that new life, we're going to have new 
blessings and, and experiences that's going to be better than what we're dealing with down here. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. Revelation says he will wipe every tear from our eye. Oh, glory be to God that we'll be able to worship him and be forever. Hello and never goodbye. But while I'm on my earthly journey, I'm dealing with trials and tribulations. The enemy is still trying to defeat and kill us, but yet I know how the story ends. Anybody glad that you know how the story ends? When you know how the story is, again, now I'm reminded by my Holy Spirit that I can walk around with confidence and assurance knowing that can't nobody mess with me. Great is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So as I'm looking at trying to do more in 24, I realize I can do more with Jesus than I can without him. And so I need to pray, God, give me more enlightenment that every aspect of my life, I'm walking and talking with you and I'm moving with you that I know that you are my light in this dark world. Secondly, he prays that, they, that we may know the hope of his calling. Y'all with me? Verse 18, still there. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so you can understand the confident hope he has given you to those he called. So not only will I be flooded with this light, but now because I've been flooded with this light, I have hope. Let me em- emphasize what hope is. Hope is, in, the, in, the, in our Bible, hope is similar and equal to faith. We use hope as a wish or something that's a possibility that can happen. But here when they talk about hope and they talk about faith, it's an assurance of what is going to happen. You're quiet on me. We are his inheritance. Uh, We are his inheritance. Y'all see that there? Confident hope he has given to those he called. He called. His holy people, who are his what? Rich and glorious inheritance. Uh, I like these adjectives. I like that we are rich <laughs> and we are glorious. I don't know about you, but I don't like somebody say I look poor. Y'all quiet on me. I like when somebody says, oh, you look rich. You know how we used to compliment people, right? Oh, you look like a million bucks, right? Like you look like you dress well. We know you don't have a million bucks, <laughs> but we know, hey, you look good today. And what I want to highlight here, because God is letting you know when I see you, oh, glory be to God. I, I'm, I'm not going to look at you as somebody else look at you. Oh, you look poor. You look unbecoming. No, I look at you because you called on Jesus. And it's not about the name brand that you have or you do not have. It's not about the size of your house. But since you called on Jesus. You are my glorious, rich inheritance. Oh, glory be to God. That means I got access to the, to the king that has a, that's a cattle on a thousand a year. I got access to the one that owns the earth and the fullness thereof. The gold is his. The diamonds are his. Everything is his. And Jesus says that anything we ask in his name, my father will give to you. My question again, what's your plan for this year? Is God a part of that plan? Because if God's a part of that plan, it can work out. But God is not a part of that plan. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with that plan. But I know that he who's begun a good work will complete until his coming of Jesus Christ. That God will always be able to guide us to be where we want to be. So when I 
place my hope, my faith in God, I have an expectancy that whatever he says is going to be done. This is, this is how hope and faith works out in our Christian life. This is how it works out in our scientific world. We, also, we know this. We know this. Right? What goes up must come down. Whether you believe it or not, the evidence is going to always come out to be true. What goes up must come down. We understand. We also understand that the harder you throw something, right, mass and velocity, right, the, it, the more impact it's going to be, the more force it's going to be. I can throw this ball at you very, very slow, and the velocity go, and the mass based on it, it won't hurt you as much. But let me really let, ooh, let me throw this really at you. It's going to come out, whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you understand how force and velocity work out, it don't matter. The truth is the truth. Y'all quit me? So if I know that this is the scientific equation, that this is always going to work and it's been proven out, how much more do I need to trust the same God that has made the sun to rise and the sun to set? The same God that has able to make storms cease and make storms start? The same God that rose Christ from the dead? Then I know that my God can do all things. Mm. So with that in mind, I place my hope in him over anything else. My last thing I point about hope, we have hope oftentimes in currency, right? Uh, now we're moving to the point now that many of us don't carry currency on us because we can use a mobile device. And so your trust is in that mobile device to purchase what you want to purchase. But as you go to a place where they say, we don't accept that. Did you misplace your trust? Yes, you misplaced your trust. Your trust is on something that should work no matter where you go. But they'll let you know that our system is down. We cannot accept this charge. Do you have another means of payment? And if you don't have another means of payment, you can't get it done. What I want to highlight here is that we could place our trust in a lot of things that will always disappoint us. But what my hope is built on nothing less. But Jesus Christ. And it's righteous. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but only lean on Jesus, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. So when I highlight here that when I place my hope in Jesus, no matter where I go, I got a good connection and it's good everywhere. He cares about us that much. That he wants us to be his, what? Holy people. I want to highlight here to be holy means to be called out for his purpose. Not my purpose, not my purpose, not what I want to do, but what he wants us to do. And we are not holy because of what we have done. We are holy because of what Christ has done. We become holy when we call on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And once we do that, we are now free from death because we now have life. Jesus' death was the payment that redeemed us so that we might have salvation. And what I'm going to highlight here, that leads to the next part, that we are God's inheritance. An inheritance comes after someone dies, that you receive what has been left behind. We inherit eternal life through the Spirit of God. Verse 14 of chapter 1 says it is God's guarantee in our lives that we are a deposit, that he said, I'm coming back to get you because what my son has done for you. Ephesians 1.14 reads, the spirit is God's guarantee 
that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his what own people. He did it so we will praise and glorify him. I want to highlight here that we are God's inheritance and then we also have an inheritance. You understand the difference here? We are receiving something as a right, as a divine portion that God has prepared for us that we did not prepare for ourselves. So you neighbor, that is a gift. So our inheritance is a gift from God, but then also we are a gift to God. <laughs> oh, glory. I, I, I get excited thinking about that. God thinks of me. Not only am I his rich and blessed, but I'm also his inheritance. What, what does that mean, God? You are happy to receive me? And when I think about that, because I know I'm a wretch undone. I know I'm in need of his grace and his mercy. I, I know on my best days I'm nothing but filthy rags. I don't know about y'all, but I know about me that I'm dealing with this world that I'm trying my best to live right for God. But yet when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, I just say thank you, God, for being a good God that seen past my faults and seen my need. It, I know it was the blood that set me free. And so when I realize that, I see that God, I thank you that I am your inheritance, that I am an heir with Jesus, and I got access to your kingdom over there. We know that to be his inheritance, that it's been transferred after death, and we were purchased with the death of Jesus. So we bring glory to God as his inheritance. We are created for his glory. We are created to worship him. You know, to give him glory is to bless him. When's the last time you blessed him? I hope you blessed him earlier this morning. I hope you will bless him later on this afternoon. I hope you bless him in the evening. He's worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We find this in Revelations that that's all they're doing is worshiping. It says all the kings and angels bow before the throne. The elders cast their throne before them and they say, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. We know that when we get to heaven, we're going to worship our God. Because he is worthy because he created all things. And that's why Paul prays. I also pray, verse 19, I also pray that you will understand. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So the last part of our prayer, the focus, to pray to understand God's great power. Pray that you know who you are. Pray that you know the hope of your call. Pray that you know that you are his inheritance and to know to understand the hope of his cause. Also, I pray that you know his power. What I like about this power part this power part, it tells us that this power is equivalent and identical to the same power that rose Christ from the grave. Uh, this power that rose Christ from the grave is also working on your behalf, which means that this power is not diluted. Uh, this power is not lesser than, but the power is equal as. And so if this power can raise Christ from the dead, what can this power do in your life? And then, if this power can raise Christ from the dead and not die again, what can this power do in your life? And we understand this surpassing power, that this kind of power has resurrection power. That it raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor. That this power is always going to elevate you and put you where God wants you to be. 
that no matter how many people are trying to stop you, going back to Psalms 27, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. That whom shall I be afraid of? Then it goes on and says, Though my enemies that camp around me, they shall stumble and fall. Why is that? Because if God is with me, who dare stand against me? When I think about the power that God has for us, I think about little boy David. David, before he became a king, was just a shepherd boy. And as a shepherd boy, he was foolish enough to believe that God could do amazing things. And while I say he was foolish enough, he was foolish enough because he went to go visit his brothers that were in the army fighting against the Philistines. And, and he noticed that there was a, a Philistine out there all by himself chastising the God of Israel. And he, David got indignant about how dare y'all. Let this uncircumcised Philistine talk about our God. And then he heard that if anybody can beat this Philistine, they're going to get these rewards. He said, well, I'll beat them. The word starts going around like there's somebody in the camp saying they can beat this job. The, the, his older brother said, why are you here? <laughs> you know, you came to bring a lesson, but you causing trouble, son. Why are you here? And he gets before Saul, and Saul says, uh, uh, this man's been fighting since he was a youth. You just a shepherd boy. He said, that's all right because my God. See, he was foolish enough. My God has the power to protect me from lions and bears. I'm not scared of this uncircumcised Philistine. Why, why is it that David was not afraid of this giant? And this man he's never seen before standing over 10 feet tall. This man so big he had other people carrying his shield. This man so big, his way, his armor weighed more than David. But yet David had enough sense to know that I don't care who stands before me when I'm standing with my God. Well, I would encourage you that when you know that power comes from God, you realize that no matter what comes against me, it's not bigger than my God. When I know the same power that rose Christ from the grave is also in me. That's why when I say in the name of Jesus, all of a sudden I start feeling some energy in my body, realizing that the enemy cannot defeat me. The enemy cannot stop me. And I realize the victory belongs to the Lord. Remember I said we know how the story ends because when we're walking with God, we know how the story ends. I don't know when the story ends, but I know how. This story, y'all cast on to that. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know if I'm gone tomorrow, I know where I am. It's good to know that I'm found in Jesus. And so when I know this power, I'm not scared of what's going to come my direction because I know with God, everything's going to be all right. May I encourage you that we bring him glory by when we surrender our lives to him. We are made full. When we allow Christ to be the head. Y'all notice there that when I know his power, then I surrender to his power. If Christ is the head of the church, that means he's in charge. And if he's in charge, I don't want to move unless he says so. We learned that game a long time as a kid, right? Simon says, or mother may I, that anytime you move without permission, you are out of order. And when you were out of order, you were set out the game. And you did not get a chance to win the prize at the end. May we not be disqualified. Let us stay obedient and follow the instructions. Let us move and so we don't have to say, Mother, may I, but we can say, Father, may I. <laughs> Lord, I want to do your will. Father, if you say so, I will do it. Hop on one leg, I'll hop on one leg. 
But I'll only do it if God says so. Y'all, y'all catch on to that. Right? You can't just do what somebody says. Hop on one leg. Did Simon say? Hop on one leg. We want to make sure, am I listening intently for God moving in my life? Because when you do that, we find strength. We find our source of power comes from our hope in him. And remember, we worship the living God who deserves glory and honor. He created everything, and everything belongs to him. Tell your neighbor, mighty is our God. And since our God is mighty, and since he is awesome, think about this, that I, I, I close with this part. As you make this prayer in your life for this year, you're going, to, you're going to face some circumstances in your life that might be hard, that might be difficult, that you might feel overwhelmed. But I want you to remember that you have this power. In Ephesians, we learned about the whole armor of God. Staying in the power of God's might. Putting on the whole armor of God. And Paul further elevates this whole armor of God in his letter to the Corinthians. Where he talks about how we don't have weapons that are carnal, but they are mighty in power. To tear down strongholds or bring anything into, into obedience and subjection of Christ. So I want to encourage you that there's going to be times you might be overwhelmed. But I want you to remember and, and know the word of God and realize that with God all things are possible. So I need to make sure I'm not doing his week. Because maybe I need to retreat and turn around because I went in the wrong direction. Sometimes we might feel good and we might think we're in the right place, but we're really in the wrong place. And we need to allow God to lead us to where he wants us to be. Not where you want to be, but where he wants you to be. Because better is it is to be in his presence than to be somewhere else. So when we have this power, we can say in the name of Jesus, uh, we cast you down. We realize that Christ said upon my rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell should not prevail. I want to encourage you that no matter what you're facing, believe this. Have your hope in this. That he works out all things. For the, good, for the good of those who love him and a call according to his purpose. Did y'all not see earlier in the state that you were chosen by God? Yes, that you are his rich and blessed inheritance? Yes, so do you not know that God wants what's best for you in your life? Not what you think is best? Come on, somebody. Yes. So that, that means that you might have to eat your vegetables. <laughs> Sometimes you might have to go to bed early. <laughs> Because God will let you know that I'm preparing you for some things that are ahead of you. You can't prepare yourself because you don't see what's coming. But God sees what is coming. Because God knows what? All things. And if he knows all things, he's also all-powerful. And so I'm so glad he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. Guess what? He's omnipresent. So you're never by yourself. You're never alone. So even in your quiet time, in that still time, you might feel by yourself. That's when you can close your eyes. And imagine your God and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And then may that be your prayer now, Lord. May you open the eyes of my heart that I might see the hope of your call and know the richness of your inheritance and the same power that rose Christ from the grave is also in us, in your church, for your glory. And not see will God give you direction or not God give you purpose. And I close with this last thought. That sometimes inaction is still action. 
sometimes to be still and know that it's God is the best choice. Don't move because you want to move, but wait till he says move. Let us pray. God, we just thank you for you being our God. God, we thank you that you open up your word. You open up your love towards us. And so, God, in turn, we open up our hearts that we might receive a word from you and that we might walk in obedience according to your will. Forgive us, God, for times we made it about other things. Father, we give it all back to you. That we can walk in your purpose, we can walk in your power, and that we can see everything you have for us. Now, God, there might be someone who right now is listening and, 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 and attending, Lord, wondering, what must I do? Oh, God, we think that all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we pray that you continue to guide us and direct us when we walk in right relationship with you. Uh, may we know the fellowship and the communion of the saints are coming together to worship and encourage each other to love and pray. Father, and I be someone looking for a church home. Uh, may we welcome them in this place. Lord, may you lead them to where they can be disciples and they can too know the love and fellowship of saints together. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. As we continue to worship our God, uh, we pray to give God his tithes and his offering. Uh, those who have to give, uh, we ask you to bless us as God has designated you already to give. And those who desire to give and yet have not, we thank God for you. And we pray that God will supply all your needs. Uh, those online, you're able to, to text to give uh, through our, our Zion's website. And you can text to give uh, through our number. Uh, you can text Seven seven sorry area code three zero nine seven 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 ten fifty five and text the word to give and I'll walk you through that transaction for your giving. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for how you prospered us and blessed us. We freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Uh, Father, we ask you to bless those who have desired to give but yet have not. And for Father, we are not grudgingly giving; we cheerfully give what belongs to you. And Father, we ask you to bless it, increase it, and multiply it for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ, in Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As the usher, please come to lead us forward. Amen. You're welcome to walk around, bring forth your tithes and offering. Also, if you decided today you're looking for a church home, I was telling you, you're welcome to walk around and talk to the deacons and the elders. We'll be happy to share with you how to give your life to this church and serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
Apostle, we're going to take a moment of time to um, bless Jackson, amen, this morning. Our mother wants to, amen, to dedicate him and present him before the Lord and say, amen. May we join with her, amen. amen. Um, we come to bless Jackson, amen. amen. Family, want to come on down.
we all have to be together. All my